Welcome to another episode of Middle Ground with JLE LLC, where we treat you like family. That is the theme song, Detroit Love, off my first album, The JLE Experience. I own the music and copyrights, so don't mute none Facebook. Got another great guest for you today. I got a fellow Wayne State University alum, senior pastor at New Beginnings Bible Church, co-director at Wayne State University, Carmanos Cancer Institute, Faith-Based Genetic Research Institute and Wayne State University Community Engagement Coordinator for Center for Urban Responses to Environmental Stressors, known as Cures, Rochelle Chapman. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeffrey. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you for doing it. That Cures was a mouthful, wasn't it? All of that was a mouthful. <laughs> I love hey, it. And we're all about giving you your flowers because you put that work in. You earned it. Thank First you. question, what led you to this path? Um, wow. It depends on which, which, uh, area, you know, if we're talking about, I'll start with the community engagement, um, you know, being a pastor, that's a part of it, <laughs> you know, anyway, being able to, uh, engage with the community, but, um, I guess at the root of it, it's just my love for people and for seeing people better and do better and know better, and be better. So, um, that's what led me there. Uh, I've been working with, for Wayne state for almost 21 years now in different, positions and capacities. Um, so right before getting into community engagement, uh, that's where you and I met, uh, in special events, yeah. was, uh, managing <laughs> events and doing that and, um, you know, praying oh, each other through class and all that good stuff, uh, <laughs> through work, through class, you know, uh, yeah. just that, that support system being there, man. Uh, yeah. uh, you don't know how much I appreciated those days. So let me publicly say thank you, you know, uh, hey, I appreciate you. Hey, it was days Such I a positive to attitude. <laughs> yeah, you come in with the laughs, you know. <laughs> and we say, like, one day we're going to be out of these spots. So look at us now. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, look at it. Listen, you can't see my feet, but I'm doing a little happy dance right now. So. <laughs> I feel you on that. You <laughs> okay, came up, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we came up. Graduated together and everything. Uh, God is good. And so, you know, um, being you know, moving from that position three weeks right before the shutdown of the pandemic into community engagement, I thought going into the research department, uh, I don't know. I, I know some things, but I don't know a whole lot about this particular uh, department, yeah. like environmental stressors. Like what, what is that? You know? Um, and uh, I just really wanted to help the community. So uh, having that position and learning more about environmental stressors, like, you know, lead water, asthma, allergies, air pollution, toxicants, you know, just the whole, the whole gambit of things, but being able to translate that research that our, our scientists and epidemiologists and folks, uh, doctors and stuff, uh, our, our lab people are studying and researching to be able to translate that to everyday people. You know, um, in the Bible, you know, it says our people perish or are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, you know, and so many things that we can have healthier lifestyles, um, healthier uh, ways of living, our day-to-day -day life, just a lot of information we did not know, you know, about your indoor air quality, just small tips, you know, cracking your window for 10 minutes a day, you know, letting the fresh air, you know, come in in terms of, you know, most of our indoor air quality is 10 times worse than the outdoor air quality. So just, you know, letting that air in, um, you know, when people come to your house and they take off their shoes, not thinking people are bougie because you like taking shoes off. 
You know, you think about what what is all this stuff that you've been stepping on? You know, have you been uh-huh. outside and that's tracking, you know, uh chemicals and all that kind of stuff all through the house, you know, those type of things. Um, for our brothers and sisters in southwest Detroit, you know, it's different. The air quality is worse outside than it is inside. Wow. You know, so being able to because of all those plants and all of the pollution and things like that. So um being able to help people, you know, um, with, you know, even stuff like an asthma action plan. One of my mother's closest friends uh, had asthma. She passed away. Um, but, you know, Sorry some people, that. if you have a, a asthma action plan, wh- where's your nebulizer? Where where are your inhalers? You know, if you're in trouble, do the people that's close to you and are connected to you uh, mm-hmm. know how to get you the help that you need? So I, I landed in this place, um, and you you know, this show is all about purpose. Um, not even knowing that this all was a part of my purpose. I knew I wanted to help people. I knew I wanted to encourage people and give people the information that they needed. But I did not know the breadth of everything that was happening in the uh, environmental health world. And that then led me to the Faith Community Research Network uh, through Carmel's Cancer Institute with Dr. Haley Thompson and uh, Attorney Bertram Marks as directors there and doing research about cancer and HPV vaccination and uh, just all kind of public health topics and issues and bringing that information to churches. We have 12 partner churches that we partner with uh, to teach, help develop health ministries. So to help teach this information that we're learning, to be able to disseminate it, you know, all these grants and these monies are about being able to get, um, not to just research it, but to get the information into the hands of the people uh, that can really use it the most. And so uh, that's what we're all about. So hopefully I answered your question. It seemed like it was a big old- Oh yeah, hey, this uh, show about you, baby. You asked it. <laughs> it's about you. I see your people yeah. out here riding for you. I see you. Hey, you sure. just- <laughs> She on here again. She definitely put in work. Yeah, that's true. We got Talisha Belt oh, showing the love. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to pay them and uh, taking them to uh, you know, <laughs> my husband. husband. Okay, hubby showing love. Yes, Raquel Harrison, twin yes. sister. Yes, hey everybody. And husband again. Education is key. Keep showing out for you. That's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, now, you know, having that support system is everything. Got to. Now, what is the duties of a co-director? So, uh, you know, I, I didn't even I, I didn't even start off that way. I came in just as my community engagement, you know, um, role. And my main role in that role is to translate science to the community. That role led to the community um, to the co-director of the Faith Community Research Network. And uh, it's three of us. So we all have, you know, three distinctive roles. Um, my primary role is to work with the, the churches and the partners on, okay. on the missions and the aims of the Faith Community Research Network. Uh, we just finished six town halls be- in wow. November. Yeah. Uh, between October and November, six town halls on uh, genomic and genetic research. Um, we... Uh, that, that was amazing, bringing that information to the community. And I think a lot of times when you hear certain words, because I heard those, I'm like, genetics, genomics, like, what is that? You know, uh, so happened to first be educated myself so that I could be able to uh, pass on that information, but to understand stuff like precision medicine and, and how, you know, you and I, even though, you know, we both are, you know, African-American, like precision medicine is that specific personalized 
of medicine for you. You know, um, our body types are different, right? Our makeups are different. Our genetics and our genes are different. So educating people to to be a voice, to be able to advocate for themselves. And so that's a big part of the co-director of the Faith Community Research Network is giving them that information, but being able to advocate for themselves. And we took it to the church because we understand that, you know, uh, there's still power in faith. There's still power uh, in the church and getting the right information, you know, um, not just right now, but even back, you know, to uh, 50, 60 years ago, slavery or even before, you know, the messages got out through the church, you know, here's your escape route. This is how you get, you know, through through the church. Uh, and it's a trusted source, um, especially during the pandemic. There were so many, you know, uh, different things, TikTok con uh, conspiracy theories about COVID-19, are people putting the chip in, you know, are they tracking, you know, all these different type of things. So we really dealt with the misinformation. And that's one of the other things is to to bring the truth out, right, to deal with the people's medical mistrust, because let's be honest, we know about the Tuskegee uh, experiment with the, you know, we know about. We had to let the a fellow white brother or sister like, oh, that's real. That's not legend. They did that. They yeah, they actually did that. Yeah. And, you know, with Henrietta Lacks using her cells and things like that, you know, and yeah. that was crazy. Uh, I didn't know much about her, too. Did you, you know, you knew about her? Too? I learned about it years ago from a movie. Like, really? Are they playing that family? Like, yeah. And now her family is on the board. You know, they are a part of okay. the approval. Anytime they want to use one of her cells, That's they now have to get uh, approval to be able to to do it, you know. Um, and so these things that are in place, but also helping to build trust, you know, community engagement and even this co-director role is about relationships and about being able to build trust and deal with the fact that, you know, there was some, a lot of mistakes made, uh, intentionally made to, to hear. And I think that's one of the, the main things, problems that we have, Jeff, is that we always want to, you know, especially scientists and researchers, they want to come and collect the data and things like that. But you also have to listen and understand what's going on. And so that's why I feel like I have a, a unique role with caring for the people, but then also being able to get them the information that, that they need. Okay, that's that's dope. Jeff, we had Cassandra say, put it back up there, integrated health is so important. Yasmin Hampton, good evening, Pastor. Keep showing out. My homegirl from high school, Kia, I told you about. Hi, Kia. Yes. So we learn about Advocate for Us, Tanisha Flowers. There's power and faith. The church is a trusted source. Which is true. Now, I don't know. You may have covered the cures because the engagement for that does what? Yeah. So, again, taking the research uh, to the community and translating that in a way that they can understand it. So it helps them have a better uh, quality of life in terms of the environment, you know, and um, we do a lot of advocacy as well. So we have an advocacy lawyer on our team. Um, we just recently worked with the Hope Village community. They had a, um, a plant that was moving in there and they wanted some information because, you know, people don't know certain things. 10,000 trucks go through Detroit a day, you know, oh. all those diesel um, fumes, you know, we're, we are six times the national rate of asthma, uh, which is environmentally induced, you know, 
um, that type of thing is people don't don't know these statistics. Um, and so, you know, being able to say, listen, we can't always go in and advocate for you, but we can give you the information for you to advocate for yourself. And so um, they were able to come to the table with this plant and be able to say, hey, we don't want trucks coming through here to be able to negotiate and advocate so that their neighborhood um, is healthy. Okay. Yes. And that's and we also part host, of... I think Wait. it's a lot on my end. I'm sorry, Jeff. We also host spinoff events. So we do about uh, 25 to 30 events, small group events um, each year going in and talking about these environmental health issues. And uh, typically that's me coming out um, and we incentivize with like gift card or we have lunch and then we have dialogue. And how long has Cures been around? Uh, about six or seven years. Yeah. Cause oh. when I came, it was five years. So I say seven years now. Yeah. And it's okay. a nationally uh, funded through the National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences. Oh, now you're a senior pastor at New Beginnings Bible Church. How did that whole journey happen? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, honestly, first running for my dear life. Like, what in the world? Who was signed running. up for that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my you you didn't expect that. You didn't expect that, Jeff? No, I, hey, I understand. My dad was a pastor. Like, hey. You, I always see what you know all too well. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I ran from it versus run to it initially. Um, you know, I've always, uh, my mom raised us up, my my, my sisters and I, uh, I have two sisters. And uh, we got to the place, the age of 16, where she was like, you know what? If you want to go, you can. It's up to you. I did what I was supposed to do. Um, but there was always just this, um, I heard God. I could hear the voice of God. There was always this this knowing, you know, this, this desire, this hunger. Um, so I began to continue to go on and learn and teach and things like that. And then um, when it was time to pastor, I had moved on up from my childhood church to another church. I was preaching at the time and uh, we were looking for a bigger church. So I was like, man, you know, I was, I would ride past churches like on um, Puritan during this time. It was like, it seemed like from in a mile or two mile radius, by the time you got to, to uh, the lodge freeway, I was like, man, it's like six vacancies. Like I'm writing down the numbers or whatever, and I'm giving it to my pastor. And uh, he's like, this is not for me. Like, you know, like that's for you. And um, I had two occasions. It's, it's interesting you're saying that because we're celebrating 13 years of our church being ex in existence tomorrow. And um, I had two two different people come to me and was like, Hey, um, you're my pastor. One person I never met in my life. Another one was a friend of my uh, older sister, uh, mm -hmm. Talisha. And I'm um, like, yeah, right. I'm going to stay at my, my church uh, forever. And I will never like, that's not about to happen. And uh, so I went through one uh, candidacy where they end up choosing the associate pastor, okay. uh, went to another one to turn in my resume. Now, both cases, they asked me for this information. Uh, so I turned went to another church to give it to to the deacon, and uh, he said, "I'm just gonna let you know to your face this this I'm throwing this in the garbage." I was oh. like, "He said I don't believe in women pastors." And uh, yeah, so you know, you I've I've experienced that in terms of preaching and just my pastor was very good with trying to prepare us for 
Um, just crazy. that misogynistic atmosphere. But can, you know, yeah. can you imagine? That's Man, you shot that in Yeah. <laughs> I know Bishop Butler has spoken on that before and show scripture like, okay, show me where it's a man or woman. And I'm like, it's really like that. But here you know it's one that is like, wow, it's really, really like that. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I was slightly offended, but, you know, actually it was like, well, good. I get to stay at my home church. Like, ain't nobody, I'm not ready to do this anyway. So, like, okay, uh, great. And, uh, you know, uh, I just, I was having dreams and I was reading, you know, in the scriptures and things like that. And I just, you know, the Lord just kept, you know, showing it to me. Like, I'm, I mean, I'd be trying to look at something simple, like Psalms 23. And then I'll be in Jeremiah 3.15. Like, I'll give you pastors after my own heart. I'm like, I wasn't trying to go here. How did I get here? You know, uh, just different levels of confirmation. And so finally, um, I talked to my uh, pastor and he's like, you know, yeah, the Lord already showed me, you know. Um, and so we planted um, New Beginnings uh, Grassroots, just evangelizing for months. And some of the people are on here tonight that helped me evangelize for months and go door to door, knock on doors. And uh, then we started our, our official service um, on January 3rd, 2010. And where's the church at? Right now we're in the International Institute uh, on campus. <laughs> Ironically, we started, uh, we were on East Seven Mile, but we're on campus now, not too far from Wayne State campus uh, inside the International Institute, uh, 111 East Kirby. Okay. And that's over there in Wayne area? Yeah, it's right over by the uh, DIA. Oh, over there. Okay. Yep, yep. Not too far from like behind like Wasabi and all that. Those, those little places right there. Oh, they got Wasabi. I ain't been down camp since I graduated. Wasabi over there. Oh, that's how you do it once you graduate and you just bust up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did go. I went I went ready to graduate. I went for that. Right. I went to uh, New York, Michigan. I recently drove through it. Hanging out downtown, my cousin. But I be working in Dearborn. It's like, unless I got some reason to go down there. Like, okay, working out here, go work out here. I'll be down there. Yeah, I'm I do plan to have a building though. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, I'm gonna get married. They're gonna make a building with my name on it, and I'm gonna be such a diva. I want cheesecake from Georgia, and I want it in two minutes, <laughs> just to see if people go crazy. Then I'm saying this joke. I'm just joking. That's when I see y'all lose y'all math for a second. I know I've arrived. <laughs> hey, I love it. Well, Put the you know, vision out there. Go ahead, cast the vision. Oh, yeah. I'm cutting the check. But I'm like, hey, I want great from California. Hurry up. The check ain't gonna cash yeah. yourself. <laughs> and they will do it. I'm so glad oh, yeah. I won't be playing that. I won't be planning that one though. I'm out of that department. <laughs> well, so you probably don't know. He just he joking with y'all. He, he gonna let y'all go crazy for like good minute. You see, I'm just playing. <laughs> I just want to see y'all go crazy. That's all. It's all the fun. Yes, sir. That's dope. You got the church, you're doing your thing that you don't want to. So now we at the point where it's time to market what you have going on. Yeah. Um, so again, like I said, our church anniversary now, I got married three years ago. So my husband and I are pastoring this church together. We have that anniversary. Awesome. And yeah, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Thank God for some uh, some okay, good stable. Help. See, look at you. Come on here, hubby. Don't play with it. Right on time. He's right on time with it. And so uh, mm -hmm. yeah, so we're pastoring together. He was pastoring in Ann Arbor uh, and we're celebrating our 13th 
anniversary. So that's this Sunday tomorrow uh, at one o'clock okay. at that location. Our regular service is at nine thirty. Uh, I mean, ten o'clock now. I'm sorry. It's at ten o'clock every Sunday. Uh, we have an in-person. Yeah, we just changed the time, Jeff. You know, uh, we literally just changed the time, pushed it back because we needed that um, empowerment hour, like Sunday school hour, that teaching hour. So we're going to be teaching in person only uh, starting at 9, 10 in the morning. And then um, at 10 o'clock, we'll go, you know, live on the streaming services mm-hmm. and, and doing that. So uh, um, that's what we got going on in the church. Nah, my spice sent a book over there. Thought about writing a book. Yeah, I got the title, the cover, and everything. <laughs> Thank you for typing it, uh, tapping into your, you know, your, your Holy Spirit, Spidey Sense intuition. Yeah, man, it's, it's there. Um, yes, thank you for that. Um, and it definitely needs to finish. Uh, I can tell you the title already. Um, it's so crazily, you know. Me being in, like I said, community engagement, stuff like that. But my degree is in psychology. Um, my undergrad degree is in psychology. Yeah. And then I'm uh, I'm at Columbia the- uh, Theological University for a uh, seminary for my master's in divinity. And uh, mm-hmm. in January, uh, I will be at the School of Medicine going for my master's at Wayne State for um, public health. So I just got okay. admitted, registered starting on Tuesday. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, going into the public health room or whatever, and so um, going in that background—that's so that's what's going on. I, um, you just asked me. I was just about to tell you something, but uh, oh, I lost. Book. My... Oh, the book. Thank you. Yeah, so that's what made me bring up the psychology. Uh, so it's called "Rescuing the Rescuer." You know, um, okay. is so the whole premise of it is is that uh, a lot of times when you are a giver or a helper. Um, you often tend to neglect yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And most rescuers are called, but they're called for an emergency. You know what I'm saying? Like when you call the fire department, it's an emergency. You know what I'm saying? You call the police, unless you're doing a prank, all right? You know what I'm saying? Or you call by the state, it, it's for an emergency, you know? Um, and, you know, people tend to lend on those kind of folks and rely on them a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and um, what God had to reveal to me is that that is a part of my call. That is a part of my gift, but I'm no good for other people if I'm not taking care of myself. Like it, it, I don't have to be a martyr. I don't have to be uh, always self-sacrificing, not at the expense of myself. And so this whole book was to try to help people be able to have some type of balance or harmony that if you're a giver, if you're somebody that's a, a helper, you're somebody that have a big heart uh, to do it, but to also do it with boundaries and uh, a level of wisdom and making sure that you are taking care of yourself. And I think that, you know, I don't know if it was just me growing up, but people just be like, you know, don't pray for yourself at church. I'm like, now that I'm older, I'm like, you a lie. <laughs> like, like I gotta pray for, like you. Yeah. I need to pray for myself. Pray you know, for what you I'm and saying? everybody else. 
and everybody else. And it's not selfish and it's not, you know, um, self-centered, you know, so being able to learn how to, and I'm still learning, I haven't mastered that, but it is definitely, I'm learning how to take care of myself and to pour into myself. And, you know, we see these things and you think about it all the time, you get on the plane and they tell you all these different things. They say, you know, just in case of emergency, you got to secure your mask before mm-hmm. you try to secure Money somebody. Up. Bless you, Dr. Angela. And so it's like when we so focused on trying to rescue other people, what ends up happening is it's like <laughs> you you going to pass out before you even get a chance to try to help exactly. somebody. Else. Like you're not going to be helpful. And so making that clear and having to understand that, like you're doing more harm when you're not taking care of yourself, when you're not doing the things that you need to do. And like, I saw this image before, like Mm -hmm. I saw a a tow truck that was uh, broke down and another tow truck had to come pick it up. You know what I'm saying? So like, Mm -hmm. think about that. You know, I'm sure like we all do, we have signs that stuff is going wrong. Like sometimes like, oh, that's just a check engine light. (laughs) Like, Okay, like ah, it's just cold. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's just my low tire. Like, you know, we have all these signals and these these flashing lights trying to tell us that something is wrong, but we keep on pushing it, whether we do it with our body, you know what I'm saying? Whether we do it with the things that we're taking on, we just keep on pushing. And and seeing that image, I'm like, wow, the the thing that's sent out to always help somebody else is now broke down. And now it needs help. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if maintenance, you know, what if the maintenance that was done on that was done properly and it, and it never got to the place of breaking down? And so thinking about how can you preserve and maintain yourself and not feel like you have to risk who you are in order to help somebody else, you know? So that's the whole book. And I know it needs to come out and I needed to live a little bit more. You understand what I'm saying? I yeah, need to have come back on here when you finish it. Yeah, I needed some more life experiences to understand that, like, man, like you're worth the rescuing. And um, mm-hmm. I don't want to belabor this, but I think somebody may need to hear this tonight. That um I was growing up, Jeff, and I had to we had this pool in the I stayed not too far from campus, uh stayed in these townhouses, and we had this mm-hmm. pool. But we had to swimming pool three feet, five feet. And we had to take the test in order to get into deep, you know. So as a kid, you're like, man, I can't wait till I get tall enough and old enough so that I can swim into the deep. And then, you know, so I passed the test. Right. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I'm in deep waters with my friends. And I see one of my other friends, Calvin, and he's back in three feet. He's a couple years behind us or whatever. And uh and I feel bad for him, right? So I saw other people bringing other people into deep. What they would do is go back to three feet, have them just put their hands on their shoulders and just kind of tread water into, into the deep. The moment mm-hmm. I crossed the, tre- the, the, the threshold from three feet to five feet, Calvin panicked and pushed me under the water. Oh. So he panics, pushes me under the water and I am drowning. Uh, there was a guy, Jimmy, that was there who pulled Kevin off of me and got me out of the water. I'm talking about I'm on the side of the pool now. Water is coming out my nose and my mouth. 
I'm crying, I'm frustrated. And I was like, I'm going home and I'm walking, I'm leaving the pool, I'm about to go home. And my mom's friend, his name was Ty, he was the lifeguard. Ty grabbed me and threw me back in the deep water. And I when I, I I went and I got back, you know, got on a little ladder. I came out my little self. I'm just hitting Todd like this. And I'm like, why did you do that? And he said, if I would have let you leave here because of the fear of what happened, you would have never swam again. I think that there is a couple of lessons for us tonight is that when you try to rescue people, you have to understand that there were stages and things that were put in place that I neglected. Why would I want to carry somebody in deep water that didn't pass the test? I had to pass a test for safety reasons, right? Mm-hmm. I had to make sure I knew how to hold my breath for so long. I had to make sure I knew how to float, trail water, be able to swim. I had to do what I needed to do to pass the test to be able to go in deep. But because I wanted somebody to be with me so bad, I took them without passing the test to something that they was unauthorized in. You know what I'm saying? And I think as rescuers, a lot of times we bring people to places that they haven't passed the test for. You understand what I'm saying? Like he hadn't went through all of that. He didn't go through the stages. He didn't have the investment that I had. He didn't have the blood, sweat and tears. And I just wanted to bring him somewhere with me so that he wouldn't be left by himself. You know what I'm saying? And so that that lesson taught me something because Trying to bring somebody into a season of your life and a stage of your life that they haven't passed the test for will not end up killing them, but it'll kill you. Amen. Guess what? Calvin wasn't drowning, Jeff. You were. He was on top of me, but he was still above water. I mean, I mean, God has shown me on my journey that some people might not go where I'm going with this. At the end result, I can bring them, but along the way of it, they ain't meant to be there with me. Yeah, and have, yeah, and sometimes it's a lonely place, Jeff. Sometimes it's a it's a hurtful Man, you place. Tonight, girl, you preach. You know, <laughs> glory to God. Man, you preach. You know, because you want everybody to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. think about this. Like, you know, we yeah. wanted. If so many people didn't graduate with us, you know what I'm saying? That that some people were got to the end and didn't go, you know, to the next level or whatever. Um, the blood, sweat and tears we talked about you and I, you know, encouraging each other. Like you got class. Okay. What class, how many classes left? How many is left? You know what I'm saying? But it man, was, it was like minded. Man. I remember the first week after we switched over to online after COVID and our teacher started doing a wellness check. And when she got to me, I'm like, Man, I don't care if the planet blow up. We're going to get this degree. Then it can blow up. We work too hard. Damn a couple. They like, yeah, Jeff, you right. Like that. That's the mindset, dog. I don't care what I don't care about none of that, dog. We we, we looking at the door. We can touch it. We come too far. Mm-mm. We're going to get yeah. that. We're going to get it. Every it's second. our testimony. For sure. It's our testimony. We had, you know, we got balances. We got to pay this off. We got to do this. You know, it was our testimony to be able to to get it done. But it was like minded people. You know what I'm saying? And I think that we do ourselves a disservice of trying to bring somebody that does not have the same mind and the same investment uh, to this to this season with us. Um, You know, especially growing up, you know, in the hood, um, growing up, you know, you, you don't want people to think that you feel like you're better than them. You don't 
Um, you know, you don't want people to feel like, you know, you feel like you made it and you forgot about folks and stuff like that. And I'm like, I, I started thinking about some of those things like, man, you know, why people was laughing at me when I walked to church in them ugly little church shoes. Sorry, mama. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, um, you know, walking, you know, while they laughed at me, um, I, I saw that what God was doing in my life. And, and when I would drive back into the neighborhood, some of the same people was on the same block, on the same corner in the same house, you know what I'm saying? And had not moved and have not, you know, uh, elevated. And we all had the, the same opportunity. Everybody has, you know, 24 hours in the day, you know, everybody has these seven days a week and, and some people just did not, just that not, didn't want it. And listen, it took me 20 years before I graduated. You know, I, I was passing in the church. You know, it wasn't a priority at the time. You know, I was trying to work, make sure different things was taken care of, but my heart was still there. And I think that, you know, for the folks that's on here tonight is that, you know, we have to, to trust God enough to trust the plan and the purpose for our life to know that, you know, you have to walk, even if you have to go there alone, you know, Man, and, 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 and not to have any stowaways, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm trying not to preach on here, Jeff, because it's hey, taking hey, we do that here. We do that here. Cause yesterday marked 32 years. My father died back in January, wow. 1691. And I wrote in my first book. I ain't want to write none of that stuff. Tim suicide, the gangs and dope dudes that wanted to recruit. And you look back on all them years, but God did put people in my life to give me knowledge and game to be a good dude and keep walking towards the right path, what you're trying to do. And to be yeah. here, even now we're talking about our graduation. When I got my diploma in the mail, I was on a, a zillion. Come on here. I recorded a little video like, man, look, I got it. You can do it. Be the hardest work in the room. You get it. I'll put it on LinkedIn. I ain't used my LinkedIn since I had to do it for a class project in business school. And that thing got like 3,600 reactions. I'm like, wow. Wow. That led to my first guest, Chris Matone, being a guest on my show. Because he's like, you're a role model. You out here grinding. Like, I would just geek them, put it on. I didn't think it was going to do anything, which eventually led to me doing all this. Wow. (laughs) See, I I didn't know, man. I was just hyped to get my degree. Listen. I know you're saying you're going to be doing all this, help people find purpose. Man. And, you know, purpose, you know, even with, uh, you know, doing stuff in public health now, I'm like, that's not my journey. You know what I'm saying? I was like, church, community engagement, you know, I'm like, where did that come from? But everything led me uh, to where I am now. And when you said that, um, I mean, number one, thank you for still, you know, for doing this and just saying, you know, yesterday about your father, I want to acknowledge that I heard you. And, man, like, I just know that uh, he would be proud, you know, and to see all these great things that you are accomplishing, no matter the obstacle, you know, um, and that's a part of a purpose, knowing that, listen, you don't know, all kind of obstacles will come. Uh, my secret sauce, if I would have any, Jeff, is perseverance, that no matter what happens, you know, to continue to, um, you know, pray and to continue to pursue uh, purpose. And so, you know, um, I had another thought too about, um, you know, rescuing people and you're helping me tonight. I'm just going to replay this and make sure that these go back in the chapters, you know, of the book, because as we're talking about this, it's definitely helping, you know, um, I have a stubborn determination. Yeah. I like that. 
as I get off my butt. Like, okay, that's the goal. Whatever you got really to do to get it, I'm going to get it. Stubborn determination. And so one tell them they try and do something, I'm going to help them. Hey, no matter what, we're going to get you there. So you better start you some work. With you, let me know. Cause, yeah, that is a good idea. Stubborn determination. Right there, yeah, I need that on a t shirt, a hoodie. Uh, start your your JLE merchandise. I need that going. I'm working on it. I'm gonna add that to the reptile. It's coming, and they gonna charge you for it. It's free, you know what I'm saying? Free <laughs> <laughs> just, like, just like you're charging me for the book, you know. Um, but I had a thought that I was gonna say to this, uh, Jeff, is that you know, God showed me just looking at the story of Jonah, you know, and the whole Jonah, people say the whale or the big fish type mm -hmm. of thing. Like he didn't want to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to go where God told him to go. Uh, he gets some people that's nice enough to let him get on board with them on their ship. Mm -hmm. His disobedience causes a storm that's about to take everybody down. It's about to kill everybody. Jonah is asleep. He knocked out snoozing and you're the one that's causing the storm. Like, so finally they wake Jonah up like, hey, we about to die. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they casting lots to figure out who caused this calamity, this harm and all of this stuff. And, and Jonah like, it's me. But then he tells them, throw me off the ship. Like, <laughs> well, if you the person that's causing the problem, why do you want me to commit homicide when you can commit suicide? That's I'm not advocating. I'm not advocating suicide, y'all, please, or, or homicide. Listen to my point that when you have people that's always about themselves, instead of Jonah taking care of himself as the problem, he wanted to put that responsibility in the hands of other people. Like them fishermen wouldn't have even had no storm if Jonah wouldn't have been on board. You understand what I'm saying? He's causing all this to happen and he's cool. And that's what happens with us as rescuers. Like we're the rescuers in the story is the fishermen. All they was trying to do was help somebody. And that person that they tried to help was about to take them down. And I thank God. God caused the fish to swallow Jonah up, take Jonah to where he needed to go. God saved the fishermen. And, and that's the, that's the, I guess the thank you Jesus in there, because it's like, even when you do what's right, you always it's always going to work out. You're never going to get the end of the, the the short end of the stick. And so, you know, just encouraging you, myself and those folks that are on here that that we got to do. We got to do self-care. We cannot self-sabotage. We got to put in the work to make sure we're taking care of ourselves and not allow helping other people to be the thing that causes us to sink. That's true. I, I learned that with people I know dealing with stuff to a degree. You got to let them. Figure it on their own. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's lessons in that process that you learn. Oh, my. Food on. <laughs> you still right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I'm done with preaching. I'm done with hey, you know, <laughs> we, we do everything on this on this show, man. It's all, it's all God got me doing it because I want to do this. <laughs> Reach out to people. I'm not, I don't like people like that. I'm introvert. So he got me away. And you're introvert too? Me too. Even though I do music and all this outgoing stuff, like, oh, talk to people, man. Wow. You just like, get out there, boy. Like, oh, oh okay. I'm comfortable with it now. Huh? 
I got comfortable doing it now. <laughs> yeah, I, I learned about omnivert that you could be introverted and then a little bit of both introverted and extroversion. So, okay. Yeah. I'm chill, but when it's time to preach and speak and do something else, then that's when the, the extrovert kick in. Now, all the time we used to chop it up in AAB about where we trying to go. Did you ever think your path would get you here? Man, no. <laughs> like, no, I didn't even think we would be here uh, doing uh, this interview, but uh, God has a strange way of aligning your purpose where you're not even, you know, I, I told you, I was thinking about psychology. I was thinking about divinity and those things are still in my heart. They're still on my radar, but this whole uh, thing about public health, especially now with the pandemic going into environmental health and then public health, I had no idea, but uh, he'll give you such a peace um, and uh, an assurance. Like this is where you're supposed to be. And sometimes, you know, calamity could cause us to be right in the midst of our purpose, or even chaos, you know, could cause us to be in the midst of uh, our purpose. And so we're in a pandemic, syndemic, triple-demic, uh, and it's causing me to uh, be in a purpose that I, unlock a purpose that I didn't know was was there. Okay. Yeah, I didn't, I just wanted to get out of Wayne and be working, <laughs> doing music or something. Books, I ain't think about that. I wrote a book years ago, kept losing it. I didn't think I'd ever do that again, but I got a few more books I got to do. And this here was just like, wow. Help people with a purpose. I don't about purpose. I don't know my purpose. <laughs> you find Is this it a big part of it? Yeah, now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, this is season nine, episode six. And I started wow. this show when we were sitting down doing 20. Straight season nine. Yep. So I rebooted the show. So I stopped doing it by August of last of 20. Trying to get a job. Then I found out by my homeboy mom, Dr. Lisa, that was on here. He was an anchor. So I rebooted the show March of last wow. year. It was like I looked at my degree, see where it go. And I ain't expecting a year. Wow, we're going on two years now this March. And doing this show, it's crazy that I'm nine wow. years, nine seasons in. And yeah, I can them streams again because the last time we talked, they, we talked about what the numbers was. What was them streams on uh oh Spotify? What was the Spotify uh streams? Oh man, that was what you know, so that was what November, December when you and I talked about the last numbers. Yeah, I had just looked at it again recently. Let me see when I had took a picture of it. This gonna help somebody oh, okay. else out that's supposed to be doing this too. Six thousand minutes in three countries, and up two hundred seventy-nine percent followers. And wow. on Spotify, I'm in like thirty people top twenty, and no top ten, about twenty some people top five, and about another twenty some people. I'm their main podcast to check out. Wow. And I got over five percent all demographic age wise. What? So I'm a little nice. I'm proud street. of you, man. I'm proud of you. Go ahead. Yeah. Put that on out there. I'm proud of you. I'm trying to grind this thing worldwide. We're getting it there slowly. Yeah. We already in a couple other countries, so there you go. Oh yeah, we're gonna be everywhere. 
that that's the plan. If people need finding purpose and help people. That's amazing. Now, what has been your biggest challenge on your journey? Uh, me. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, I, I learned that, you know, um, I'm my, I'm my biggest uh, challenge, you know, um, conquering me, getting over my fears, my, my doubts, um, you know, so the more that I get myself out of the way, any type of self-sabotaging, um, I had a fear of failure, uh, but also understood a, a fear of success too. Like, man, whoa, it's, it's you know, like this is happening. It's moving faster than what I would think, you know. So being able to uh, just constantly get out of my way, and uh, that's been the biggest challenge. Is just like reminding myself to, you know, get get out of my way. Okay. Yeah. I mean. The more this started growing, I'm like, okay, well, what should I do? Like, but my older brother told me just take each episode as the first one and try to mm-hmm. do that. It don't look at okay. I want to be here. Just let God just keep taking me where I need to go. And look where it and is. I'm working on getting the up, getting the merchandise together, looking for sponsors to get this profitable, and just keep. It's going to get to where it's supposed to go. Man, I have no doubt about that. No doubt. Oh, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm going to figure it out. I'm getting this out the mud since I started. Right, we're going to be coming back. You're going to have some of your guests coming back to interview you about all the stuff you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Table's going to turn, man. Yeah, it is weird. Like, yeah, some people ask me questions. Like, you know, I don't think I'm doing nothing really, but. I guess I am. Right. You see that? <laughs> yeah, I had to step back like, yeah, you in season nine, boy. That, that's a lot of episodes. <laughs> and yeah, every yeah. Friday, Saturday, you are consistent. Because before, yeah, like, okay, yeah, we got to cut it back. But And I'm booked until mid-March, which is humbling. And yeah, I was, I mean, whole December ended. I'm like, wow, okay. Let's, let's keep going. I had to learn to open up the calendar for the whole for every month. <laughs> I can't, I can't book. Like, you can't book. What the world? What you mean you can't book? No, okay, let's figure it no, out. That's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah man, these people are awesome. And you know, every story I hear is so amazing that people. Every blue moon, someone really like you shared about the journey. I'd be like, "Wow, this is yeah." I see why God doing it because someone might need to hear that story to get them to keep going. Yeah. So those are very humbling. Now, what has been your impact on your journey? You think impact? Uh, changing lives, um, pointing people back to Christ. Um, you know, I think that. If you can help somebody along the way, that's one of like old school kind of uh, sayings, you know. Um, but I, I believe that in my heart to be able to um, to help somebody, to uh, be able to feed somebody, clothe somebody, uh, just whatever that is in any kind of way. Um, and in the process, be able to grow and, and learn myself and understand that, um, you know, the power of support, the power of being yeah. there, the power of of help, um, 
you know, so that's, I mean, the, the impact I have yet to see all of it, you know, because, um, God is gracious for the impact that I can see. Um, but there's places and stages and things that God is, you know, there's people that's going to listen to maybe my meditation CD or sermon or motivation CD that I'll never meet, that I'll never talk to, but, Mm -hmm. uh, it helped them, uh, the transparency of our testimonies tonight, you know, somebody might not come back and say, or some people have been on here, been gracious to say things, but somebody Mm -hmm. else will hear this. That's not on here tonight that it'll impact. And so, um, that those things help you to know that you're, you're living isn't in vain to be able to help somebody else and to know that your purpose is helping others, but also to be able, my purpose is to help me be able to realize all the dreams, visions, goals that God has for me and not get in my own way. So. Yeah. Cause when I did my first book, man, I ain't like, well, okay, you put all my business out here. It's going to help somebody. Oh, yeah. I guess. And that he got it. That's what path I'm on, man. Transparency. I don't like it, but you got to be obedient. Cause he started doing one of these, and I don't, I don't want them problems from God. No, but I don't want them problems. <laughs> a person that's on United Kingdom, I interact with on Instagram, reached out and said, reading my book, gave him a reason to keep going. I was like, whoa. Wow. So that's why you need to put this book out here. Mm-hmm. I wasn't gonna put it out. I wrote it in July, <laughs> and I was bullying. I ain't putting this out here, man. I'm a business note, but I finally put it out, and that really humbled. That okay, you gotta be about your purpose, cause it ain't just about you. And I put. I see. I was trying to put a. I was trying to do something. Put a nice comment about you in here. I end up doing it in a private thing. Well, no, yeah. Uh, what I said was that you're, you're literally. You know, that's literally saving lives. You know, by being um, transparent and sharing your story. Oh, well, hold on, you know, you know, we we wax on, wax off here with the with the technology. I got you covered. See, look at you, get it. Mhm. And gonna credit you. Got you out here in these streets. Thank you. See? Appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you. Uh, last question. With, with, with all the first class treatment, I try to give every guest, make them comfortable and relax. Because I need that you game. Do. That game of games. <laughs> what advice do you have for someone trying to find their purpose? What advice do I have for someone to try to find their purpose? Um... It's a couple ways you could approach this, right? Um, I could approach it, you know, spiritually. I could also, I'll give a different perspective, maybe. Um, I said a little bit earlier, sometimes life will cause you to stumble upon your purpose in a sense, which, you know, because of an issue or it's just another way of God leading you um, that way. Um, But what I will say is sometimes your purpose is found and your pet peeves. Sometimes your purpose is found in places of pain, right? <laughs> you know, if you have a, <laughs> I know it's, and I, I went the totally opposite way. I know, I know. You gotta I give example now, man. You gotta yeah. give example. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if your 
if your pet peeve is somebody that's um I'll give you an example. Uh this this lady used to the old church bulletins that you mm-hmm. know print out. Uh she would take a red pen and she would mark up the, the church bulletins and slide it under the secretary door. Right. Oh now that wasn't the best way to do it, number one, right? So I'll say that. But um she had a gift to be an editor. Mm-hmm. Right? You know what I'm saying? Your pet peeve was that. These misspelled words, these things, the punctuation wasn't correct. All, um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All this kind of stuff where it drove you that crazy for you to do something like that, right? But but maybe maybe God was trying to unlock the editor in you. And maybe that's another stream for you to, to be a book editor or to be, you know what I'm saying? So so I say all that to say maybe sometimes the things that that irritate you or um, you know, that that weighs heavy on your heart that those are things that lead you to your purpose. For me, it was, I didn't like people being mistreated. I didn't like, I I always had an affinity for the underdog or, you know, people that folks uh, discarded or threw away or, you know, felt like they wasn't good enough. You know, that led me to preaching, to pastoring, to community engagement, to psychology, to public health, you know, that led me there. And so, um, that that would be my completely opposite way of saying uh look oh, at your <laughs> it's funny but also because that is true some people be very petty like you need to be doing that every day because you took all your time to put that together <laughs> and maybe you're the answer to the problem you know what i'm saying maybe your purpose is is that you're the answer to the problem that's bothering you, you know, that's true so. No, I have a goal that you know everybody I know we all at imaginary table, living a life and purpose that we was created to do and living good. I'm with you on that one. Let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go. Help people along the way. So don't want to be out here starving and struggling, and we one of the richest countries, and yet we ain't quick to help people like we should. Yeah, man. And uh, that mentorship and, you know, pouring in, uh, it's, it's, I'm sure got both of us uh, here, you know, by the grace of God and uh, definitely continue to do that for other people for sure. Oh, yeah. A lot of people coach me up along the way. Many days I'm in the trash, want to knock somebody out, like, what's wrong with you? And ain't you trying to do A, B, C, D, E? Yeah, okay, so you ain't got time to be one punch to my face. Like, I guess you got a point. All right, I'm going to calm down. <laughs> exactly. You know, and it's been a great conversation because, man, I just be thinking about many days we come in here like, ooh, that piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, that Listen. piece of paper. All right, be good. <laughs> And keep it moving. <laughs> and you know, I didn't realize the impact that had to this interview. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you think about all them days, you know what I'm saying? You coming through the office, we coming through. I see you. We just asked each other, how, how many more classes? All right, stay focused. Paper, you know what I'm saying? Like, so the impact of it, even us having this conversation now, man, thank you. <laughs> like, yeah. dude, thank I might you. need your future, baby. How many classes? You got five. I got five. We're going to get there. Crossing the mark, man. Thank you so much, man.
Yeah, I appreciate you. So we want to thank, if this is right, <laughs> fellow Wayne State University alum, senior pastor at New Beginnings Bible Church. Go check them out at what, 11, 11 E. Kirby? 9, 10 for Sunday school Bible and breakfast. It's actually Bible and breakfast. So we'll feed you and come get that Bible. Yeah. Oh, good. Feed them too. Yes. Okay. Bible awesome. and breakfast. 9, 10, and then at uh, that's in person, and then at 10 a.m. is our live service in person or online. Okay. Co-director of Wayne State University Carmano's Cancer Institute, Faith-Based Genetic Research Institute, and Wayne State University Community Engagement Coordinator for Center for Urban Responses to Environmental Stressors, Curious, Rochelle Chapman. It's been a Thank pleasure you. catching up with you, fam. Giving yeah, this life awesome. helping. Shout out to everybody that showed up because those people showed up, boy. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Thank That's you awesome. to all the previous guests, too. God bless you all. Thank you. Oh, and, and your hubby got to show love him. Great interview, great episode. Yes. Get a real MVP right now. <laughs> right. Exactly. Thank you, baby. <laughs> Hope everybody had enjoyed this episode. I'm going to put everything together, put it out here. Hey, share with people. May bless somebody helping. Play this awesome outro. Everybody have a great night.